Before we begin this episode, I just wanted to give a huge thank you to Kay for joining us. I also want to include a bit of a trigger warning. There are some topics we discuss in this conversation that might be a little triggering to some. We discuss things like mental health, self-harm, and even addiction. We really hope you enjoy this episode of Around the Campfire. Show me your feet. Oh. He's just like, uh, what a way to start. For, he's like, outlaws for life. Okay. <laughs> right as I hit record, show me your feet. <laughs> I'm fucking leaving that in. <laughs> the opening line show me your feet. That's a skit. Hey, yeah, that, that'd be a skit. <laughs> The cameo gang gets a message. Just somebody going, show me your feet. (laughs) No. We're like, um, no. (laughs) No. Although there was that whole scheme you came up with when we were trying to, you were trying to sell pictures of our toes. Oh, Yeah, it doesn't have to be, I I mean, I told you, it doesn't have to be our feet. (gasps) It could be someone else's. Whose feet is it? Who's to say? (laughs) Well, this is people definitely going pay- on the blooper reel. Anyway, <laughs> people pay top dollar for good feet. Okay, we could be making five hundred dollars per toe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and those people are usually on a list. We could use a VPN. I don't know, <laughs> but we could be making top dollar for toes. Okay, it doesn't have to be our feet. It could be somebody else's feet that we took. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode (laughs) of Around the Campfire. We are joined today by the lovely Kay. Hi, Kay. Ignore all of that. (laughs) Jackie, you can... (laughs) I'm used to a good tangent. It's good. (laughs) Jackie, you cannot ignore. You cannot ignore me. That is, is... You cannot ignore my scheme for us to get rich. So, hey, thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate it. We are so happy to have you. (laughs) Ignore the random person hanging out in the background. We don't know her. We don't associate with her. (laughs) She's been fired. We have another Scott in the house. Yay! (laughs) Somebody from my neck of the woods, finally. Literally from the same county as well. Not even like, I'm from Glasgow or something. (laughs) Yeah, like Nicholas said, Nicholas sent us a message and she's like, hey, so someone wants to be on the show and they're, we're like, are they insane? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they, somebody wants to be and we don't have to beg, plead, cry and offer feet pics? What? <laughs> and, and she's like, yeah. So as it turns out, we're like right down the street from each other and we're like, almost, almost. And we're like, <laughs> yeah. have you consider that this might be a stalker? <laughs> Like you, you, you like she's she's within the same area code as me, the same county even, and we're like, oh, awesome, that's great. I live in your green bin, but like, <laughs> I mean, like I wanted to come on because it's any excuse to talk about Red Dead for like oh, however yeah. long. <laughs> oh goodness, yes, definitely. Um, we this season uh, of our of our podcast has been really special I feel like because we I think we've grown as a podcast a little bit and like we've had so many 
great friends. guests and friends that, that mm. have come on that were just like, oh, this is great. I hope we continue to have people actually want to be and talk to us next, you know, season. I have I have a couple people that I would love to talk to. <laughs> Can you believe we're we are about to finish season two and we're about to launch season three? You think that's where we're about to reach our friend versary? That is that's true. Right. Actually, when was it? Is it the end of April or was it the beginning of May? Oh. Mid-May? I've still got something on my at least on my PS4. Um that part of the notifications where it tells you like you know updates and the likes and it's got the notification you and so so are now friends or mm-hmm. you know follow each other or something like that so mm-hmm. that's how i would keep on track and i'm sure it's at some point this month it's meant to be but i don't know because i can't count <laughs> damn discalcula once again once again <laughs> We've gotten to the crux of the problem. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, who knows? What are days? I don't know. Are you counting? No, because I, I can't count. <laughs> it's like pay- playing poker in Red Dead. I know for a fact, because I think I was, it must have been when I was streaming it. I know I was playing poker at one point, and Strauss was in these little pajamas with these little socks, and it was just adorable. Mm-hmm. It made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember thinking, I I don't know cards at all. I Mm-mm. I'm just bullshitting the entire thing. Yeah, and I'm thinking there'll be somebody in there'll be somebody watching it thinking, what are you doing? No, don't put that down. You know, you know just fold, fold, just fold. But eh, eh I've dealt with no, it for so long. So <laughs> yeah, um, I can't play poker at all. But I'm like really good at blackjack and like um, the roulette, you know. But because I, those are the two games that I would play in Yakuza just to make money, just, you know, so I can buy stuff. So I'd be like, yeah, blackjack and hookers, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway. So speaking of losing days and everything, Kay, apparently I've been so excited to have, to have you on this. Oh, episode you. that I completely forgot what day it was and on Monday I said so when are we recording today and they were like we record on Thursday oh what day is it <laughs> <laughs> she's she was like um she's like is it today no and I had alarm day- set I had my <laughs> my headset on charge I was like I am fucking prepared damn it and yeah <laughs> it was Monday so you know there you go yeah i was gonna i was gonna make a joke that you were just like is it today and we're like no and you're like oh okay and then the next day is it today <laughs> no no oh it's like it's when is right. thursday what are days i don't know <laughs> it's like when the comedian lee evans said something like it's when people say things like you know it feels like a tuesday doesn't it feel like a tuesday it's like How i don't know feel like a tuesday? i don't i don't know how the fuck does tuesday feel <laughs> But uh, depressed. It's um, like, oh, hey, it's, <laughs> oh, hey, it's raining, but it's that really wet rain. It's like people standing in flood water going, oh, it's all right, because this is dry rain. But <laughs> no, see, I love my, favorite Evans. Part, my favorite part about living in Louisiana is whenever the storms and such get started, because they're always going to find 
that one person who is like they've got the thickest accent in the state and that's going to be immediately the person they interview every single time <laughs> and like if it's a tornado or something they're going to go I synced it I synced it <laughs> it came over the mountains in the dead of night and I synced it <laughs> that's it's, kind it's, of who I based my Thibodeau character off of is random uh, weather interviewer like the, the <laughs> during the weather i seen it i seen it he came in and messed with our crawfish ball i seen it <laughs> um that kind of reminds me uh it was like a video that i had came across i don't know if it was from this year or last year or you know years before but it was uh from northern ireland and they had interviewed i think it was like a school kid yeah uh, i know like, what one you're on about <laughs> Yeah, where they just asked him, asked him, you know, how do you feel about the snow? And he was just like, oh, it was da 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 da. And he just says, like, I think yeah. he says that it's like oh, really you fucking cold. But you can't. Oh, you wouldn't be long and getting frost, but can we? Yeah. It was? <laughs> I love that video because it's just, it's like of all the people to interview, they interviewed him with the strongest accent. And I wanted to send, I wanted to send that that interview to um, to Mick because it was yeah, around the Mick time and Roger. They, yeah, <laughs> that, it was around that the time one, they had started that, snowing. That one video, I don't know if the original is still up on YouTube anymore, but it's that I, I don't know where about in Ireland it is, but it's a bat in the kitchen. Yeah, and the guy oh, is recording yeah. it, and his little old dad's got the tea towel. It's like, catch it, catch it, Daddy, catch it, Maureen. You know, help behind the door. <laughs> ma'am, the dog's pissing. How could you blame him, ma'am? The dog was frightened. And... There was this one video I saw, and it made me laugh like really hard. Like these these people are out at um they're out at a, a beach, I think, and lightning strikes, and they take off running. And whoever has the camera and is running has like the thickest accent, and they had to put subtitles. And even with subtitles, I was like, that's not what he said at all. Like he's not even speaking English. What what language is he? Is he speaking like Martian or something? Like it's it's not a language of this earth. And it's so funny. It makes me laugh every single time I see it. Oh goodness! <laughs> yeah, it's um, I I love I love watching those videos of people with like from a different country reacting to something. Like it goes from just okay, I can kind of understand them to like what? <laughs> what planet are you from, Scotland? Yeah. Like my my sister, I think, had actually sent me a video um, of somebody from Scotland who was playing through Aliens Isolation. Oh, God. And <laughs> it was when the alien had first appeared, um, when you go into the medical ward of the game. And that's that's the first instance that he that he'll start appearing on the map and 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 things like that. Um, if you well, really appearing on the map if you play it right. <laughs> But uh, he was just like, he was like, okay, well, I guess I gotta go through. Oh, fuck. <laughs> you know, it's just like, just you don't understand anything. And it has like the subtitles on the screen that are like, get bigger every time he starts yelling. And he's just like, I gotta fucking hide. I'm gonna hide in this locker. And it finds him. And he's just like, ah! you know, and that's when the video ends. And I always, 
I always watch it because my sister was just like, is this what aliens isolation is? And I was like, pretty much. <laughs> it's like this that sounds like it takes me back to um PewDiePie in his older days where he did like all mm. the horror games and things like that and his reactions are just so over the top. Yes. <laughs> like he would he would be speaking in, in, and he in just English. Starts speaking... And then he would switch to and Swedish Peter. and it was like just this gibberish. <laughs> <laughs> or something like that or I yeah can't, I can't speak I need to speak so fast <laughs> yeah it's like I know there's a, a compilation out there it's a series of compilations of Scottish gamers playing Call of Duty oh god and it's just them roasting each other it's like oh your ma's got a chin like Buzz Lightyear and just <laughs> <laughs> things like that and it's just like that's how the Scots roast each other. Your mom's got a chin like Buzz Lightyear. That must be a very strong chin, man. <laughs> somebody was called a fat grape, and it's just things like. <laughs> like every so often, I'll get I'll get sad, and then I'll just jump on Scottish Twitter, and I'll just kind of giggle to myself because I'm like, I don't yeah, understand what Scottish you're saying, but this is funny. <laughs> It's like fu- funny story. One of my funny stories again. Oh, but, um, mm-hmm. I think it was at some point last week. I can't remember what I was doing, but it was fairly early on in the week. And this is normally behavior you get at the weekends, at least in my area. Uh, mm-hmm. I heard somebody outside screaming, I'm king of the world. And I'm thinking, oh, the weekend started <laughs> early, is it? It's a bit early. It's only Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> It's Wednesday for you, but it could have been a Saturday for them. And it's like, oh, Fife, Again, never what are change. Days? <laughs> it's like, Fife, never change. Never change. I just hope they remember to set their alarm and get up for work in the morning, because otherwise, man, they would be really pissed. <laughs> so, now that we've rambled for 20 minutes or so. Okay. I'm going to see what time that is. Like. <laughs> So, Kay, for those who are not as familiar with you and your work, why don't you tell us a little about you? Um, well, my name is Kay. My Twitter handle, if you guys want to follow me, is Kay the Relator. I've been... Woo-hoo. I've played... Woo! Quite a little plug. <laughs> I am a care assistant for... I'm a care assistant for a living. I work in a, a dementia care home. I look after mm-hmm. elderly people with dementia. And outside of work, I am a writer. I write for online magazines and I've interviewed many voice actors, including a lot from Red Dead, including Mia, who plays Tilly, Kylie, who plays um, Miss Grimshaw, Rob Wheatoff, Roger Clark, um, mm. many, uh, many voice actors. And the next person on my list is Noah North. And we're kind of almost there. Ooh. So. I hope Ooh, best, best of luck with that. I know. He um I bought a cameo for my birthday and um I didn't even say anything about the interview and he's like, I promise we're gonna get to it. I promise you. And I was like, I didn't even mention it. I didn't even realize it was still happening. 
I love that moment when, when like you reach out to them or whatever and they remember you. And it's like, on the one hand, yay, I'm memorable. But on the other hand, oh shit, what have they said that made me so memorable? What did I do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember meeting Nolan. This is like, I've met him a couple of times by this point, but I was so mm-hmm. late to one of his um, photo booths. And I was the last one in. Like, I had to like climb under a rope and everything because people were lining up for the next person. So I had to like climb over this rope and I was the last person that he was seen. And I was thinking, oh my God, he's going to be so pissed off. But yeah. as soon as he saw me, he was like, oh my God, KK, how are you? And he like ran up towards me and he was like, oh, how are you, honey? And he gave me like a hug and everything. And I was like, oh, I love you so much. Aww. <laughs> That's and so same nice. with Roger. I remember when I met Roger for the first time, um, I was sitting in the queue so me and my friend Rachel, who lived in Italy, who lives in Italy, and my other friend Charlie, who lives in Austria, um, we all went to Ireland together to see him at Dublin Comic Con, and we just we were standing in the line waiting, and he, Roger clocked us from like halfway down the line, and he actually walked down the line. He apologized to people he was talking to, and he walked down the line to give us all a hug. Aww. And then he, he's like, I'm sorry, but they've traveled such a long way to just come and see me. And then we went back and I was like, oh. We're Aww. all like, what just happened? <laughs> that's, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's so and, sweet. Um, <laughs> another um, kind of like plug to myself. I um, I was nominated and made it to the finals of the Game Her Award. Yeah, uh, I saw. I voted for you. For, oh, thank you. <laughs> Yeah, I made it to the final, and the person who won was, like, a writer for IGN or something, and I was like, well, mm-hmm. no wonder you fucking won. Like, <laughs> That's wow, so cool. Better, but, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's still pretty so cool, Yeah, I messaged, um, I emailed Rob, just Rob, we have to say, like, I, I didn't win, and he was like, well, you should have. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. Oh. Yeah. Um, uh, so- I feel like I've betrayed red dead a wee bit because um <laughs> i used to always like from the beginning it came out like the second one i was like this is my favorite game and then i started playing the last of us and then i was just like <laughs> oh no i've now got last of us tattoos and everything and i'm like i was gonna get an arthur tattoo now it's not fucking <laughs> early on me this i'm betraying you guys i mean you can still get you can still get arthur It'd just be on the other side and um, you know yeah, like it'll be another part of my leg. <laughs> yeah, that's something. Imagine the Vanderlyn gang in the Last of Us universe. There's actually oh, they'd be unstoppable. Mm. I think there's actually a fan fiction about that. <laughs> um, I actually came across one where it's like Arthur and his son Isaac, who's grown up um, in the Evil Within uh, game universe with. Uh, the detective and his daughter and oh, i was God. just like how did they <laughs> how would this work you think that's weird there's a, a fix somewhere on archive i can't remember what it's called but um wait for this it's a red dead and Yu-Gi-Oh crossover <laughs> <Yu-Gi-Oh>. <laughs> yeah it's sean mcguire and somebody from Yu-Gi-Oh, and i'm thinking I've never watched Yu-Gi-Oh. I know it's an anime, and I'm thinking, okay, okay. <laughs> I mean, you know, at heard. this point, it's, 
it's fan fiction. Anything goes on fan fiction. So that's true. Yeah. I mean, come on. The the fucking Ever Given stuck in the Suez Canal and they have fan fiction about it. And like honestly, <laughs> look, I realized that was a bad situation. It really was. <laughs> but that entire <laughs> situation was so funny to me. People have wrote fan fiction about that. Yes. There's uh, yes. last I checked, there was like hundred and seventeen stories and yeah. growing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's there's fan fiction of it i came oh. across it because i saw a post on tumblr that somebody was talking about the tags for it all of the stories are treated as either crack or they know that this is such a ridiculous situation that they're writing it as that they're just yeah. like the treatment is serious <laughs> but it's actually a humorous story like it's my my um husband was reading an article um because they finally got the ship free you know they had to wait until a blood moon basically rose and that brought in like extra water for the tide so it was able to become ungrounded from like the shore and so what's going on now is that um because it was stuck for so long uh, they they're looking into why it had gotten stuck in the first place, and then like uh, I think um, there might be some suing or lawsuits because you know it's just like how did like if it got how did it get stuck in the first place and why did it get stuck in the first place? It's a straight line. You just keep going straight, you know. And so people like people on Tumblr were just like ever given in the Suez Canal like 10% of the economy of the world is being held up by shit perpendicular across a small across like a river essentially and so they were like I'm gonna write something about it and the first one the first story that ever appeared was just like I don't I don't even know why I wrote this and the title I think was like triple extra large ship gets stuck and so it's to now delivers huge payload like it's like it reads I like actually that you would find I have that hub. one pulled up because I was going to read the description of it because it, it cracks me up but yeah it's it's XX extra wide cargo stuffs major shipping lane delivers huge payload and the God. tag for it I'm not going to read all of them but the tags for it are ever ever given Suez Canal, ever given, yeah, our collective hysteria, crack memes, awkward sexual situations, accidental oh. knotting. I will not apologize for using that tag. You knew what you were in for when you clicked the link. I am fully delirious and will not be held responsible for my crimes. And that's just that's just the tags. So the actual description of the story is I'm so very glad, the Suez Canal said acidly, that we're doing this live. How convenient that we have minute by minute GPS updates so the whole world can see exactly how bad your aim is. There's no need for personal attacks, the Ever Given said with forced patience. It's not like I did this on purpose. So fucking around and drawing a dick and balls in the Red Sea, that was what? <laughs> Top-notch professional <laughs> um some i i love there's another one that said um the send deck pics (laughs) and the description i think was uh ever given has never tried canal before (laughs) so yeah so ever given container ship crack no i'm not sorry (laughs) 
it just shows you what lockdown has done to a lot of people. But, <laughs> that's the thing, though, is that's kind of how the internet responds to anything. Because, like, I yeah. Facebook memories. I'm going back and looking at all the original memes from this time the, last year when everything, like the the two week quarantine, and it's still mm-hmm. technically fucking going on. <laughs> And yeah, it's like, oh, we were so young and so naive and so hopeful. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. That's, that's exactly how the world reacted was. And like, we're slowly get we're slowly getting out of the memes and we're getting into the everyone decided they wanted to bake bread for some reason. Uh, easy. Also, because bread was like out of commission at the grocery stores. It was like a no man's land of bread. Oh, if you wanted her- bread, you'd have to make one. Uh, Over remember- here, it was pasta. Yeah, that was all you talked about. Get pasta. Yeah, all you talked about for like the first week that we were friends was the fact that there was no pasta, and you were like, "There's no pasta. No matter where I go, there's no pasta." I know that was a big deal because never in my life have I ever went into the supermarket to see the shelves completely tanned (laughs) of pasta. I'm thinking, really. What is going on? I mean, I know fifers are a bit weird, but come on. <laughs> they're, they're... Next, it would be it would be like Bucky or something. Like all all the balls of Bucky gone. <laughs> That's when you know the rapture was coming. If that was the case, but... oh yeah, all the buckfast and all the iron brews just be taken off the shelves. <laughs> oh no! See if they tanned the iron brew, I would be beside myself thinking, take anything else, just leave the iron brew. Leave my iron brew. <laughs> I mean, you saw that. You saw the outrage, Kay, when they went and changed the recipe. Yeah, this is true. Yeah, but they brought back like the original recipe in the glass bottles, and I, I had some, and I was like, "This is actually disgusting." <laughs> oh goodness. Um, yeah, I think I think the reason why bread was so much here, um, also not because you know they just also because they have ran out of it, but. Um, if you make if you can make bread, you're one step away from making your own alcohol, which also went out of service, also went out of stock during well, quarantine here. Do yeah. teach you that in biology, at least it did at my school. But then the kids were disappointed when it was fermented science lab kind of stuff mm-hmm. and not mm-hmm. what they would think. But then again, that 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 was at the age where you thought alcopops would get you drunk, and you try and sneak into like the local, <laughs> the local club, to, like the under be the underager, and mm-hmm. uh, and thinking, oh yeah, I was out on Friday night, and I got I got absolutely pissed on Blue Wicked. It's like, uh huh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're lucky if that would give you a slight energy buzz. But see, meanwhile, in my school, people were bringing water bottles to class. And then they'd open up that water bottle at the back of the class that's and you're going, vodka. yeah, that's not water. That's vodka. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think I've said that story when there was kids in the back of the classroom. Um, I think it was my geography classroom. They were snorting sherbet. Mm-hmm. And I yeah, don't know why. Oh, this is the yeah. thing. This is the thing. Yeah. Yeah. They were snorting sherbet for some reason. But at my school, it was pixie sticks. Yeah, it was it was basic six for my school as well. And then um but my high school had uh it's changed now, but before when I was going there in like two thousand four, two thousand five, 
they had like a rash of like police dogs so the school would go into lockdown and they would have police dogs just kind of sniffing along all of the lockers because somebody was selling Adderall pills uh to like the IB kids which is like the um AP you know honors classes kids (laughs) And, and so you would have the odd person just being like man I really wish that they didn't that they didn't cut off my supplier and someone going oh I know somebody else in class and I'm just like do we want to do this when the teacher is like five feet away (laughs) do your drug deals in private stupid ass kids damn (laughs) warning the cameo gang does not condone drug use no no definitely not um but yeah (laughs) the only thing I take is Prozac so I mean, oh, same with me. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh we're saying Yay. is donut. And if you take Adderall or like Ritalin or any of the ADHD medications, please do not abuse abuse them and start selling them. <laughs> that and same goes for any your drug. Pixie sticks. <laughs> same yeah. goes for any drug. If you want, if you want to do drugs, like don't sell them. Just you know, use in private because we can't really tell you what you should and shouldn't do. But you know, don't don't yeah, do that. And and don't work for Amazon if you like to do that sort of thing because they will test your piss. So places they do. Avoid. This they just do. In, I the cameo at- provides information about places you don't don't get drug tested. <laughs> no, um, we used to find the evidence when I, when I worked there and um, a lot of evidence in that place, and I would get traumatic flashbacks if I were to regale them all. So. it's just um i guess if you ever wanted to be like a a detective or something or just take a job with amazon and you just be like so many mysteries in this place so many mysteries take a drink (laughs) (laughs) well that's like it's like working like i work i work in a hotel and let me tell you hotel rooms are forensic scientists either wet dream or worst nightmare because like (laughs) hotel rooms are gross i don't care how good your cleaning crew is they are gross Mm -hmm. like there's always evidence that someone else has been there and like the entire like the entire point of like hotel cleaning staff anyway is to make the room appear like you're the first person that's ever been in there Mm -hmm. and yeah like a lot of them are really good but if you know where to look and you've worked in hotels long enough you can find the evidence and it's like Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like people it's that, like people that steal hotel room sheets. Why? Why? Yeah. Why would you do that? That's disgusting. Do you understand what happens <laughs> on hotel room sheets? It's gross. <laughs> and I'm not even like, talking about the normal hanky panky. Like that like that's to be expected. <laughs> but I'm talking like ugh. Oh, what was that again? Ugh. <laughs> It's gross. Um, I actually have a story for a hotel, oh, no. <laughs> but but what were you going? What were you going to say, Kay? <laughs> um, it's what I was. Remember, I don't know if anyone ever watched it, but it was Garden Ramsey's Hotel Hell, and it was mm-hmm. basically the same as like Kitchen Nightmares. And he'd go into these hotels and he'd like put on a UV light, 
and then there'd be like stuff like all up the walls all up the ceiling and I'm like how the fuck did you get that on the ceiling <laughs> they were surprised like, I've, I've always said I've always said that I used to say that all the time when I was like I said a cleaner on Amazon mm-hmm. if we had one of those UV lights I would run out the place screaming because it just would get too much but <laughs> I remember thinking how on earth the guys miss they've yeah. got they've got a little they've got a little hose I, like, how out of control is it has it got holes in it or something just it's, they're trying to I write their names I, mean, I would get I, so <laughs> angry I would go into the cubicles look down and be thinking I don't want to see your apple juice thanks flush the damn toilet just <laughs> again I could rant I, then again women women's toilets are just as bad I was I was yeah. actually just about to say that like anyone oh, who thinks that it's just men's bathrooms no women's bathrooms are just as nasty why? sometimes even worse why do people take food into bathrooms uh, I don't know oh. um oh yeah my I'm glad I left yeah. I'm <laughs> glad I left that place when I did just before all of this happened so. um okay so my sister my two sisters uh, they went to Florida for to go to Universal Studios um, last year. It was around, oh, I want to say maybe October, October or so, October, November. Um, so they had went to Universal Studios and they had gotten a hotel room and they smelled something weird and they were just like, it's probably somebody had like made popcorn or something like that or it made like some food and you know and so they had just went over to their hotel spent and like spent the night and then in the morning um as they were going down the elevator it smelled better and one of the people had commented to them was like oh I'm I'm really glad they got rid of the smell and they're just like, oh, yeah, it, it was a little smelly, you know. And they're like, yeah, um, that was because of the dead body. Oh, and, sister, and they were like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so apparently the day before when they had checked in, um, they had checked in and their hotel room was like on the floor beneath or the floor of uh, this area uh, of one of the floors. It was either the third floor or the fifth floor. And so when they had checked in, uh, the hotel clerk was like, uh, and made like this face, just like, um, okay, I'll check you in. And they checked them in as normal. Didn't tell them um, that an old woman had checked into the hotel and then died in the night. And then, you know, like the day before. <laughs> just oh my God. Stay- yeah, had just stayed in the hotel room uh, that whole time until somebody was just like, oh, maybe we should go check on this room. I think she's supposed to check out. It's past checkout time now. And they went to go look and they found her and there and it was just like my sister and uh, they both just kind of looked at each other and they did that, you know, the nervous laugh. They're just like, ah, what the fuck? <laughs> <You know? laughs> that sounds like, like an episode of Faulty Towers. <laughs> Yeah, and um, they ended up switching hotels. They just—they're like, "We're not staying another night. Thanks, bye." <laughs> the the 
the hotel clerk was like understandable have a nice day and they went <laughs> to go check into a different hotel but there I mean there literally was nothing they could do at that point they had already spent the night there and my sister was like I'm not spending another night here especially if I want to be haunted by the ghost of an old lady <laughs> so you know so, the really sad part is is mm-hmm. like that's a lot of people um end up going to hotels and um a, a lot of them either go when they know they're going to die or they go there with the intention to die if you catch what i'm mm-hmm. trying to say mm-hmm. and yeah and it's like could you not though <laughs> not in the hotel. Yeah. like i mean i get it like there are some that it's it's an accidental thing or they don't realize it but yeah if you go in there to purposely do it and i i've told every single co-worker if I even look like I'm about to keel over, drag me out of this building. I refuse to haunt a hotel. I know what goes on here when I'm alive. I do not want to be part of it when I'm dead. <laughs> do not let me die here. It's like, please, please do not let me die here. I will haunt you while you work here. I don't think you understand the hell that I will rain down upon you if you let me die in this building. I always said that would be the case if I was to haunt the, the local Amazon warehouse that's nearby me. <laughs> like, the, like the men would be in the bathrooms and they'd be like throwing their paper towels that would miss the bin and they would just hear this disembodied voice saying, fucking pick it up! But... <laughs> but you know i I suddenly forgot to flush i suddenly want to be haunted by a very very scottish ghost (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) disgusting disgusting Disgusting. (laughs) it's fucking what he is (laughs) (laughs) still one of the best memes Like think, like think about it. Think about how funny it would be, especially like from from the American perspective. <laughs> like how funny would it be? Like you're walking through your house, and then there's this broad, like Scottish accent, like coming at you, and like you know, hauntings are usually like ethereal and almost beautiful in a weird way, and they're like, oh, and it's like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> there's nobody know how to flush their toilet when they're on a shit <laughs> that is my goal I need, a, I need a Scottish person to haunt my house so Nicola Ken Doba. <laughs> uh, <okay>. you wank job <laughs> okay you'll get this reference back off you spooky bitch uh, I oh. guess I guess then it would kind of be like um Oh, geez. I, I guess you could open a bed and breakfast, Jackie, and <laughs> primarily have clientele that's Scottish. <laughs> if the hopes is just like, I want, like, kind of like, kind of like the like, Borden house. Yeah, <laughs> you'd be, or, or like an 80s, an 80s, like, horror film, like, femme or something like that. So basically, you're like, what you're saying is, I need to open up, like, one of the H.H. Holmes hotels and just like a, systematically <laughs> murder off Scottish people so <laughs> I can get like, Scottish ghosts. <laughs> you're like, hee hee hee. <laughs> well, now that I have an idea for a bed and breakfast, Nicola, you want to come stay? <laughs> Um, see, there's the whole thing with Brexit and changing the passports and <laughs> the, the pandemic, and it. I'm it might hearing take me a, a lot of to, excuses. 
<laughs> Blame <laughs> Boris, not me. But <laughs> well, I mean, it'll take some time to get everything built, so you've got some time to to think over think over my offer here. How are you going to kill me <laughs> off, though? I want something to be dramatic but funny. I'm at not going to say it while we're recording. Do I look stupid? I'm not an amateur. <laughs> She's going to write it down and send it to you. By, by homing pigeon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't do that. People will shoot that down where I am. <laughs> You'd be expecting a pigeon in the mail sometime this month. Send it by Raven. But... <laughs> like, why is there a crow at my door with a letter in its mouth? Uh, like, send it. Like, something like Harry Potter. Send it by Owl. But... Uh, send it send it to that person that Scottish Twitter referenced about uh, someone who, a goth who opened an umbrella and they thought it was a huge bat. Send it. Send it to her. God. Okay, so one of my favorite lines in a book that I've ever read that literally like had me just crying. I was laughing so hard. So in American Gods, uh, there's a scene where the main character gets broken out of this prison and he's being mm. led through the forest by um, by a raven of a particular mythology. And I won't say which one because it will spoil quite a bit. Mm. But he's following this raven around and he, he looks at him. The shadow looks at the raven. He goes, say never more. And the raven looks at him and says, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that is a mood. <laughs> Speaking about writing, um, Kay, what got you into writing? What was your main inspiration? Um, it? I've always done like creative writing. Um, mm-hmm. Like I, I, I get in my fan fictions. I think I remember doing like Buffy fan fictions and things like that. And then it, I don't know where the um, where the game writing came. I think. I've always had an interest in video games but Mm -hmm. then like I got really really into them um basically I had a hole in my eardrum and I had to go and get it like fixed up so to pass the time I was playing telltale games on my phone Mm -hmm. and um I fell in love with Troy Baker and so I bought a PlayStation and I was playing all these games and I was like you know what I really want to write about these games because they're quite good Mm-hmm. but um I never really had like a full drive for it until I started to play The Last of Us and I had this full emotional connection with Joel and I wrote my, one of my favorite pieces I've ever written and Troy shared it and that's that I mean I've been writing on online sites for ages mm-hmm. but it was kind of like just whatever they asked me to write I'll write it wasn't until I was like, you know what, gaming is a huge thing. We need to have it on this site because that's what's going to get us viewers. That's what people's going to read. Mm. And yeah, so I like I got interviews of Rob Wheatoff for Fuzz and for and with Kylie Burnoff and um, Mia Davis, who was my first interview. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's just how I started. And you know, I am starting to think to take a step back from my days on Fuzz and kind of starting up my blog. Because mm-hmm. I have started it, that's where my other interviews are, but it's just trying to find where to put it. And yeah, that's kind of how the story goes. Um, I do have big dreams and ambitions, but I just I hope one day to get, you know, the big the big scoop. Like, it'll be so good. <laughs> oh, as they say, the sky's the limit, so 
That's true. Yeah. Like I did apply yeah. I have applied for GameSpot and I've still not heard back. <laughs> but yeah. I'll tell you a story. I don't know if you guys have watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mm-hmm. But um I I, I, I haven't. <laughs> oh girl, need to get into I it. I know, I know. Look, it's My, um, it's female version of Supernatural. You're gonna love it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. so um, Charisma Carpenter and that did did guest star with uh oh what what's his name again? The actor that plays Spike. James. I think it's James. James. Yeah, he, they were on it, and they were a couple, and they were both witches, but they both hated mm-hmm. each other or something like that. They were both married, okay. and in the episode, it was it was a strange one. It was in season seven, so that was a bit of a. Yeah, season. It was, a, it was a filler season. You can tell it was a filler episode. Yeah. I but, mean, I enjoyed yeah. it. I enjoyed it nonetheless because you know all they were, they're like just like uh, at the end. I think it was something they're just like, oh yeah, we do this every one hundred years. We just get sick of each other, and then we get together after we have like a big witches battle. We just try to outsmart each other, and he's just and like you know, Sam and Dean are just like what. Yeah. fuck <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yes yeah, so you were you saying s- about Buffy the Vampire Slayer <laughs> um, I did a cameo calls thing so I paid like I can't even remember how much to do like a little video chat with him with James mm-hmm. Masters who plays Spike and you know I got to chat to him and I just ironically said oh I'm a writer can I interview you one day think you'd say no but you immediately said do you have a pen and paper and he gave me the number for his manager Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I've never called a manager before I've always emailed them and I've got a really professional tone when I write mm-hmm. but it turns out that his manager was a total arsehole oh no <laughs> like he kind of just he kind of spoke to me like I was a piece of shit on his shoe like I was kind of like hmm, fuck you like towards the end I was just like get me off this call or I will swing for him <laughs> <laughs> which is so messed up because like from what i've seen uh my uh, my friend joanna which we actually have a small announcement about that later we'll we'll say later on um mm-hmm. but yeah my friend joanna is a huge huge buffy fan so to surprise her because there's not really a whole lot of people on cameo that she liked but i saw that james was on there mm-hmm. and she adored spike so much so i was like aha i finally got you you've been initiated and she cried and he's such a nice guy he is so lovely yeah like he's um I've read like stuff about him and just interviews that he's done and he's like he's a sweetheart especially with what's going on now with um oh absolutely the the cast and everything like that uh some of the things that they're talking about with with Josh Whedon and Mm -hmm. and their treatment and he's just like um, it may not have happened to him, but you know, he's just like, I support them in their stories because, you know, and what they say, because it's just because it doesn't happen to me doesn't mean that it didn't happen to them. Yeah. You know. Well, and, and I know, so, um, yeah. If you go on Cameo and you and you look him up, he actually says, like, you know how they all have um, little intro videos and stuff about who they are yeah. and what they like to talk about and things like that um he he has said like his whole thing is he loves fans he loves interacting with them he loves talking to them and he said i will literally talk about anything you want to talk about politics we can talk about politics you want to talk about baking we can talk about baking you want to talk about buffy we can talk about buffy and yeah and he um 
he the video that he did for joanna was Mm -hmm. like it was like five minutes long and it was like that's really impressive honestly and he just what he's very intuitive as a human being and mm-hmm. just very very sweet very nice and i'm like you know i wasn't really like like i i respect buffy but i wasn't really into it that wasn't my thing mm-hmm. but like i was like man i really like you <laughs> yes spike is spike is favorite characters i have the comics the spike spinoff comics from the buffy comics after the show ended i have the at the comics with him in it and i'm just like spike go spike like get your redemption arc like i found him much more compelling than angel yeah um like i liked angel i liked the show angel as well but it i don't know uh i angel didn't do anything for me i was just like okay you're a buff vampire dude who's obviously brooding okay (laughs) that's that's the normal and then spike came along and he was like sarcastic and dry humor and just kind of like snippy you know (laughs) and then um you know he reluctantly started helping them and then he's just you know just from there he became like friend like enemies to frenemies to friend And so, yeah, I just, I just kind of, I just kind of really liked Spike, but I, I guess that's who we should probably interview next and have Joanna on when we do it. Oh, she would cry. <laughs> she would cry. <laughs> and there would be me in the background going, I remember you from that one Supernatural episode. What was it like working with the cast in that show? I've never watched Buffy. <laughs> Well, to be fair, I, I was a bit young when it was on TV originally, so. Uh, yeah, it was probably, it was 96, 97 when it started. Kay, you're muted. <laughs> Uh-oh. It was two years before I was born. <laughs> <laughs> I, could see, I could see you trying to talk and then Nicola would keep talking and I was like, oh God, she's going to think we're the rudest human beings ever. And I was like, oh, you're <laughs> muted. Honey, you're <laughs> muted. <laughs> No. Um, okay, so two years before you were born. I don't know when you were born. <laughs> what year? 98. 98. Okay, so yeah, it was it was 96. So oh my god, we're so old. <laughs> I would have been like eight, seven, seven going on eight or so around 96. Because in 98, I would have been 10. So yeah, <laughs> uh, I would have just started school then. So, wow, I'm a baby. <laughs> yes, you are. You are a baby. You and 90, Nicola are are babies. Ninety eight. I was nine. Yeah, because I was born in eighty nine. So yeah, <laughs> I remember there was an instance several years ago. Um, so I was twenty five at the time, and my old supervisor at my old job said to me. You know, I can't believe first Mortal Kombat is going to be 25. I can't believe it, that came out 25 years ago. I remember that like it was yesterday. And I said to him, oh, so the same age as me. I didn't know that. And he just looked at me and just went, you really had to go and do that, didn't you? <laughs> I was like, what? He says, well, it made me feel fucking old. But <laughs> I was like, sorry, John, didn't mean to. <laughs> 
I was going to troll try today because it's his birthday and I was going to say, well, you're 45. You're almost double my age now. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and I was oh. like, what to make you feel better? No one is double my age. So. <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, it always feels, it always feels strange to meet someone who's like, you would think from either the way that they act or the way that they look or sound that they're about as old as you are and then it turns yeah. out that either they're older or they're younger oh god yeah mm. <laughs> you're just like are you sure <laughs> well Catherine, to be fair like i had a similar experience with you mm-hmm. when i like i saw your picture and i kind of i kind of guessed your age at being i was like uh she's probably mm, somewhere between 25 and 28 and then you spoke and I was like, okay. And I knocked it down a little further. I was like, okay, she's probably a little closer to 21, 22. And then you're like, yeah, I'm 32 or whatever. And I was like, what? Pardon? Excuse me? Yeah, I, I get that. I get that a lot. My The way that I look and sound does not match up with the age that people think that I am. I don't look like I'm in my 30s. I look like in my, I'm like just out of high school going to college. Well, I get that. If it, makes you, if it makes you feel any better, um, most people just look at me and assume I'm either really old or a man. So <laughs> you could you could embrace both and say I am Merlin. <laughs> it's like I actually you know, you know like um, like everyone's everyone's done it where they've accidentally gone sir up oh, ma'am or vice versa. And like I get that all the time when I go through drive-thrus, especially if I've just woken up. Because when I wake, mm-hmm. when I first wake up, my vocal cords are like, "Yeah, I haven't woken up and I sound straight up like a man." In fact, funny story about that. So I, um, when I was trying to piece together a blooper reel for the first season, I mm-hmm. went through and listened to some of the things that I'd marked as blooper. And there was one episode where you could tell I had just woken up. My vocal cords were not warmed up at all. And I said something to Nicola. And I went, who the fuck is that guy? Oh, that's me. (laughs) (laughs) Like It didn't sound like Mick. And I was like, that's not Mick. Who it? Oh, John Marson. No, that's me. I was Matt, and look, none of us ha- none of us have smoked that many cigarettes or eaten that much glass. Come on, none of us sound like John. Oh, uh, if if I took up smoking, my mom would come back and haunt me, but she would. Because <laughs> we look, I I used to smoke, and so that's probably contributed. But like, I had a I had a naturally deep voice anyway. But mm-hmm. I don't think I've smoked nearly enough to be to be Rob Weedoff. What if that's just how he just ended up sounding like he went through puberty and after puberty, after like the awkwardness left when he was like 15 or 17, you know how guys usually go through puberty for like a few years before their voice fully sets. What if after it was done, he's just like, "Ah," and then, Hey, I'm Rob (laughs) Weedall. Then again, some then again, some people have got like iconic voices. I mean, like Morgan Freeman and David Attenborough. They've got those voices. About said vices there. You did, (laughs) but um, but no, they've got those iconic voices that you can sort of try and imitate. I mean, everybody, at least that I know of, has at least tried to do an Attenborough voice at some point in their life, whether Mm -hmm. it's any good or bad or. I mean, you would do that so much, at least around here. 
we saw two drunks fighting in the street. It's like here we see. Here we see two drunks. <laughs> there are some. There are some days where I can do. I can do a really, really good David Attenborough impression. <laughs> but then there are days where I'm like, ah, that sounds more like a pothead. Oh no! <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> oh goodness. <laughs> so <laughs> to change the subject absolutely entirely so <laughs> Kay, when i first discovered because you know we all kind of float around the same stratosphere for a while and then we land and light on each other and then it's like aha this person they seem cool i'm gonna follow them now um how i actually found your page was this was the beginning of your of your journey to mm. stop self-harm and i know we mentioned a little bit of that when you first joined the call but i i want to share that because that is such a an awesome thing that we should that we should absolutely celebrate thank you very much well it's something that i've always been quite open about i've suffered from mental health issues since i was about 14 um i got bullied every day but in my uk world it's from the beginning of primary school to the moment I left high school, that's when it kind of stopped. Um, but I started believing all this shit, like I'm not good enough, that I'm worthless, all this stuff, the above. But then it was kind of like when I left, I went to college and it was kind of like we're all in the same bubble and everyone kind of respected each other, treated each other like adults. And it was good. But then it was all of a sudden that I started to feel low for no reason. And then, like, I would want to get up. I would want to move. The idea of living was just hell. And I thought about, you know, doing silly things. And I started doing silly things. Um, but it's a really, really long and strenuous process. But I think anybody who's suffering from these issues or think that there's something going on, the first thing, a bit of advice I'd give you is, if you acknowledge that you've got a problem, that's your first step to recovery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Acknowledging that you have an issue. And then the next step is, okay, what do I do now? Do I speak to somebody? Do I go to a doctor? And don't be afraid to go to a doctor. It's it's nothing to be ashamed of. No. And especially uh, considering, like, when you... Mental health is such a strange thing anyway, because you never really know how the people around you are going to react because if you if you fall down and you break your leg you have a cast if you go to like the doctor and you have a surgery you've got the you've got the physical scar of or you have stitches Mm -hmm. or whatever of your surgery but with mental health it's like I have this thing going on in my head but I have nothing really to show for it and a lot of people don't understand so especially in terms of self-harm because self-harm is in a, it is an addiction mm-hmm. and it is just Absolutely. as addicting as say like pain pills smoking. or alcohol mm-hmm. or smoking but because mental health is an invisible illness so is self-harm and like the idea of wanting to harm yourself is such a foreign concept to so many people like mm-hmm. how did like on your journey as far as getting help for that goes like if you're okay to talk about it if if not we can edit out whatever but how how bumpy has the journey been in getting help and and being seen like do you feel like you were 
properly seen and properly heard or did you have to really like get your voice out like fight to get your voice out there yeah um what I remember from school that's when I started to have like the panic and anxiety attacks just because I got bullied all the time when I mm-hmm. went to my guidance counselor it's kind of like they just didn't get it like they just didn't really want to help and after that I was kind of just like a bottler I'd bottle all my emotions and obviously that just makes you feel even worse because you mm-hmm. have all this baggage mm-hmm. in your head so I kind of got used to that and I think that's where I kind of left self-harm so like that's the only way I'm gonna kind of make something surpass but um when I got older when I was still I'm talking last year I was really unwell and I knew I was unwell but I've just kept ignoring it and I was walking home and I was kind of physically stopped in like my own my own mind and I stopped and I saw a flash of me cutting myself I like it was a really vivid I could feel it happening I could feel the blood it was just horrible and I just couldn't mm-hmm. stop crying that's how I knew I was unwell and when I got to the block of shots that I was at I was like if I go home right now I don't know what I'm gonna do mm-hmm. I might actually do it mm-hmm. but if I walk, march into this doctor right now I will get help and normally me I ignore all of my problems and push it all away but this time I was like I need help I need to do this or I won't be here mm-hmm. and I remember walking to the receptionist and saying look I don't have an appointment I know you have to make one but if I'm not seen to today I won't be here tomorrow and I remember that day vividly um one of the things as well I always had I met Troy Baker at a con like a few years ago and I asked him to try and be something motivational on a post-it note whenever I'm down and um he wrote you are enough and I always held it in my pocket every single day it was in my pocket and I'd always look at it if I was having a bit of a low day and it got to the point where on that day I looked into my pocket and it wasn't there and it was like that one little piece <laughs> to help me wasn't there and it's yeah. um it was horrible and even mm. when I was at the doctor it was kind of like she just asked me all these questions like are you going to do it are you going to harm yourself I'm like I don't know how am I meant to know and I'm like is there something you can do can you get me to therapy and I think it's weird I think I don't know if it's just because it's our country mm. The, the waiting list ridiculous like I yeah. have to wait forever and a heartbeat to get seen to I'm still waiting for CBT cognitive behavioral therapy I'm still waiting and I've I've recently I've recently just heard back and that was applied months ago but even then when I got my letter through saying that oh make an appointment to speak to a therapist I at that point I'd almost completely forgot that I'd been mm-hmm. referred for it and I think, at least from my perspective, is what I think keeps people back from seeking out help is that fear of rejection mm-hmm. and that yeah. fear of dismissal because you get into that headspace and it's not a nice headspace that you think that oh if Nobody you're gonna open if you're if you're gonna open up to people you're gonna get the typical oh there's a lot there's not, wor- yeah. there, there's people that have it worse off than you what have you mm-hmm. got to be down about you don't know what it's like to be there and then mm-hmm. you think to yourself well you've essentially just reinforced how I already feel so exactly. I know you're meaning meaning well and you're not having any malice behind it but you've just made me feel worse and yeah, it's just like yeah. feeling guilt tripped and feeling the way that you feel and it's 
that's I think that's why a lot of people bottle things up. I know that's why I bottle things up because oh, I've got a lot of baggage myself. So mm-hmm. as um like my parents as well. Like my mom was so understanding. Um, mm. she always held my hand through it, and it was really nice to have her. But my dad, he just didn't get it. He just he mm. still doesn't get it to this day. And there was a time where I did like it was I. Um, I've got this moth tattoo from The Last of Us and that's where mm-hmm. I harmed myself six months ago. Mm. Um, the last time I harmed actually. So I've not done it for six months, which is great. But I told my dad and I remember just telling him all these issues I've got and he just, he didn't say anything to me, but he texted my mum saying, do you think our daughter needs psychological help? And I was like, well, duh. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, that was just... <laughs> That was really funny, but, I'm um, sorry. Yeah, but it's like he just doesn't he doesn't understand. I think cuz he said that now. Like I'm I'm I was 22 when he said that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like I've had these issues since I was 14 and you don't think that nothing's clicked with you yet. Mm-hmm. Like how? And um that's why I love games like The Last of Us cuz you have Joel who's like this really broad like really harshly spoken man, but I've grown to love him as a father. Um, like a father figure mm-hmm. and I've told Troy this and I've wrote this like I said my blog piece about him and I've I've not said it's Troy personally yet but he literally is like the father I've never had yeah um yeah. like I said he wrote that quote which I've got tatted on my wrist on my wrist now and ironically it was the wrist I was I saw myself cutting on mm-hmm. and um he's so caring when it comes to mental health like I remember I wrote a letter to him and it was at a con. I'd fold it at the most depressing part. <laughs> and yeah. um, I handed it to him and he looked down at it and he looked at me. He like He's a tall man. He leant over the table, looked in my eyes. He took my hand and he said, what do you mean you're rapidly declining? And I kind of stood there and I, I kind of awkwardly laughed because I was like, you're actually asking me. Like, And I just told him and he was like, listen, he was just telling me all this nice stuff and yeah, he's just a really nice and lovely, understanding guy. That's so cool. Mm. Yeah, and like, like you said about cameos, like <laughs> I was feeling really low, and my, one of my friends got me one. Like I've probably booked one from Toy every month, so I've got too many. But um, <laughs> one of my friends got me one, and he spoke for seven minutes, nearly eight, and I was like, for fuck's sake! Like he could talk for like ten minutes about coffee. Like that's just what he's like. But, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I, I feel the same way. Like, I'll get I, it's, it's an expensive hobby when you start collecting <laughs> cameos. But yeah, I do the same thing. Like, I'll start to feel kind of low or I just need like a pick me up. And yeah, yeah, I I'll reach out to somebody, usually usually Ben, because he has this way of talking that's just very mm. calming. And especially if you can get him to read a poem or something. And it's just like, oh, I feel so much better now. Um, but there yeah, there was there was one time that I was I was very I was going downhill very very fast and Mm. I reached out to Ben on cameo and I was I was like I'm desperate give me something and he went through and he found um a poem and I, I still have the cameo on my phone and I watch it every so often whenever I start to feel that way again and it's like he believes in me and it's so funny because it's like I know um there was an interview that Kylie did, I think, with somebody. And it was like, mm-hmm. you know, they get all these messages about people 
um, that are fighting with depression and all that stuff. And it's like they, in a weird way, kind of feel responsible, but they have to distance themselves from it because you like, which I get 100%. I get it's not their responsibility to make us happy. And especially in instances like that, because you really don't want to be the one to take the take that on when you're not a trained professional kind of thing um but knowing that even like with that that they're still willing to to help in whatever way they can is awesome and I love that Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. um I remember I booked a cameo from Roger and I told him like vividly exactly what was going on I was like I recently self-harmed I'm not vile and blah 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 and I was like you know fuck I don't know what he's gonna say but he sent me this really nice message, but then he messaged me, like he did to me later and said, listen, I feel bad about taking your money. I'm going to donate all this money that you gave me to a mental health charity. Oh. And I was oh. like, you're such a king. Like, <laughs> oh. uh, they really are. And that, that's one of the things, um, uh, that's one of the reasons why, in my opinion, why we need more representation as far, especially like with, with mental health, because the, like, the not the romanticized version but also not Mm -hmm. the absolute worst case scenario because Mm -hmm. like you see especially like schizophrenia and uh dissociative identity disorder you see those as the plot for you know all this stuff and it's like okay cool yeah it makes a pretty good plot plot uh, plot point but yeah this this can have negative effects and we see that on a regular basis and it's like that's when you have representation of mental health especially it's like it you suddenly because one of the biggest issues at least for me was I always felt alone and sometimes I still do and it's like Mm -hmm. aha I can I can see me in somebody else and it's like you don't feel quite as alone and it's like Mm -hmm. you're sitting in your home playing a video game or watching a movie and it's like here's someone that I can relate to and it's like ah I'm not alone and they become Mm -hmm. like a weird friend that just sits in your room quietly with you and (laughs) that kind of thing and it's 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 nice and I I, that's I think that's one of the powerful tools at video games that a lot of people don't really understand when I first got into Red Dead well not when I first got into it but I really really started getting into it I was at a really low period in my life I Mm -hmm. had I'd lost my job because of a tornado that decided I didn't need to work there anymore and finding work in my area was really really hard so I was unemployed I had no money I was trying to scrounge around the best that I could with a very dwindling savings account and yeah there were times where I would just get on my horse and I would just ride somewhere and just camp and for just a little while everything was okay yeah again that's like me with Joel um there's a moment at the very end of the last bus, like spoiler, but um, he turns to Ellie and he's like, I struggled a long time with surviving, but no matter what, you look for something to fight for. And that's a quote that's always stuck with me because it's so true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like we're talking about like, this is a man that lost his daughter like the first 10 minutes of the game. like, mm-hmm. And like 20 years later, this is a jump to, and he's like, I think that's we're hearing an inside of Joel and then he, it's like he understands and then I've met Troy in real life so he really does understand and it's just it's always so good it's it's good when a game can really touch your soul like that yeah I mean I always seem to get attached like really attached to characters that have got 
severe self-esteem issues yeah and who have a tendency to bottle things up whether it be dean winchester i adore that character my god he makes my heart hurt because it's just Mm -hmm. it's so sad and then arthur arthur's Mm -hmm. story in general i just felt so relatable with arthur and spoilers when arthur meets his end i was gutted Mm-hmm. like proper gutted i've never had that type of reaction to a game before mm-hmm. um, i almost did in telltale's walking dead season one. Oh, oh um, my god yeah that that <laughs> is that is so sad it almost got me but i was like a, a leaking <laughs> i was like a leaking faucet with arthur because mm-hmm. like and more more so for dutch as well because you just saw this relationship just crumble and just change and in a way it was weird this is just from my general experience Mm. dutch in chapter six reminded me a lot of an ex of mine who was a complete dick and just like his mannerisms like the condescending way we talk and just that just that Mm. whole attitude change it just it felt really it reminded me a lot and it just made me think oh that takes me back mm-hmm. oh i remember being spoken to like that and i remember getting really snippy with dutch thing do you talk to arthur like that mm-hmm. and see i i tend to be um i tend to i go for the characters with really bad self-esteem issues but i go more so for like the people that don't really show it as much like and see, like, the other beautiful thing about video games is you can play the exact same game and have completely different experiences. And from mm-hmm. my experience, like, just by observing Dutch specifically, there was a moment where um, he was talking to Hosea. Like, and I hated him. I hated Dutch. I was like, how dare you? How dare you do this? How dare you be like this? How dare you abandon Arthur in his hour of need? And then I played it again and I was the one that was throwing dynamite at Dutch and like knocking him off of his horse and all that shit because I was so angry at him. And there was this moment he was talking to Hosea and at first he had that that typical Dutch bravado. And Mm -hmm. then like Hosea said something to him and then I saw his his shoulders kind of slump and he spoke and it was like ah that's the real dutch and that's when it dawned on me that's a what it is is a showman's act Mm -hmm. and we got to see how he actually was and i went oh shit that's me and so what i saw in like as the game progressed and into chapter six was not a condescending because you're just being a typical dick it was I don't know who to trust. And right now I'm getting mixed stories and the idea that someone that I love so much would betray me just was so like hurtful and just like all that shit. And it was like, that's me. How many times have I sat there and real and like chased my friends away because I was convinced they were all out to get me. And Mm. it was like, Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) Whoops. Yeah, it's um it's it's tough, you know, especially just just as 
if you're feeling down, you don't know who you can really talk to because you may have spoken to somebody and like, you know, Nicholas said, they made them worse or like Jackie, you just kind of push people away or you bottle it up and because someone has made you feel like you can't talk to them, Mm -hmm. you can't talk to anybody about it. And that's, that's always tough. I work as a school nurse and not this year, but last year, especially, um, and the years before I would get students that would come in because they're having panic attacks or because they just, you know, they don't feel well and panic attacks are usually, I don't feel well. And you would ask them, well, what's going on? They're like, my stomach hurts, or I don't know. I just don't feel well. So some of their parents are very supportive. Um, Like you said, like your mom, um, where they're just like, oh, okay, well, can they sit in your clinic for like 10, 15 minutes? And it's quiet in there. and Maybe they'll calm down. Um, They'll, you know, be able to tell you what's going on. And if they don't feel any better, then I'll definitely come and pick them up. And then you'll have the parents are just like, there's nothing wrong with them. Go back to class, you know. Um, But I would have students that come in and they would kind of tell me what's going on because they, it may just be because I look young (laughs) and sound young. It may be that or it may be because I'm impartial, You know, I'm not their teacher. I'm not somebody that's directly dealing with them Mm. 20, like for seven hours a day, for five days a week. And I'm not their parent that has to deal, you know, that has to deal with them or talk to them for like 24 hours a day. And so they would kind of tell me what's going on. Like, oh, I'm having some issues. Yeah, I'm having some issues with friends. I'm having issues with my grades. Um you know, like I'm having issues with like a boyfriend, I'm not, or a girlfriend, or I feel like, you know, this or that, or something else is making me not feel well. And I would try to be as understanding as I can. Of course, I tell them, look, I'm not a mental health physician. I'm not a therapist or, or, you know, a doctor. And what I will tell you is just what you would probably get but different experience from a friend, basically. Mm-hmm. And so it's, I feel like it's always important to sort of be there, you know, and, and listen. Because I think that's, that's the most important thing that you could ever do for someone who might not be having the best of days is just to offer them like a hug, especially virtual hugs. Mm-hmm. Offer a virtual hug if you're not in the same place and be like, I'm here and I'm listening. Just even if I don't say anything, maybe the act of writing it down or just talking about it um, will help you figure out how you feel. You know, I know, I know there's um, there's listeners to this podcast who who openly struggle themselves. Um, I just want you all to remember that you know you're not alone even though the world might be lacking a lot of empathy, there is people out there that will listen and there is people out there that care. And, you know, it's not an easy journey. And, you know, there's no sugarcoating it, regardless of what people think. But if you've got the opportunity to get help, 
get help. Mm -hmm. Even if it's just, you know, reaching out to speak to somebody over a phone call, you know, it's, it's a start. And I think as Kay said, once you admit that you've got a problem, you know, that's the first step. Mm -hmm. And I think we've said before, it's, it's not an easy journey. And it's not easy to admit to yourself that you've got a problem because, you know, we're human. We don't like to admit if something's wrong. It's, I think it's a defense mechanism, but you know yourself if something's not quite right. So, it's, yeah, it's it's a, it's a it's a tough subject to talk about, especially mm-hmm. to other people because it's still pretty much taboo. And anytime you approach a taboo subject, people, you know, don't want to touch it. They drop it like a hot potato type of thing, and just like oh. I'm not going near that. I, I don't know what to do about that. It's like, well, just listen. Just listen to people. Like you might not be an expert in what it is that they're saying, but it's like just basically listen to them and don't try and interject with your own opinions about something. You'll keep that to yourself. At least that's that's how I that's how I perceive it. So honestly, the the okay. best thing that I've found is. When my friends come to me and with and they want to talk about something that's bothering them, the first thing I ask is, "Do you want advice, or do you, or do you just want to talk, or do you want a solution?" Be and that alone will kind of set the tone for what it is they're looking for, because a lot of people, and I'm guilty of it too, is we try to fix. We want to fix whatever's hurting our friends. We want to fix whatever the problem is, but sometimes mm-hmm. there isn't a solution. And if you try, if you're carrying a hammer all the time, every problem looks like a nail. Mm-hmm. And so if you start off with what exactly are you looking for by telling me this? And they say advice, and then it's, it's your job to kind of approach it with advice. If they want to just rant, then it's your job to just listen. And mm-hmm. that has helped a lot, honestly, because it's like then the other party doesn't feel quite so frustrated when they have to keep saying over and over, no, that's not going to work. No, I've tried that. No, that you know, like I just want to talk. Cool. Then I'll just listen. Mm-hmm. And that makes the world of difference, I think. Mm yeah but yeah so we accidentally got really depressed here and i'm really just really sorry about that guys <laughs> i know it's an important subject that we should talk about so it is there should be there should be no shame in talking about mental health because no. by god the world we live in these days you know any wonder why people are struggling i mean especially with the whole lockdown situation and life is isolating enough as it is mm-hmm. without this on top Mm-hmm. Without being told, you know, by your governments or whoever it is that's in charge, you know, you Don't can't see anybody. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You yeah. can't like, see anybody. And like a lot of services, especially mental health, like within group therapies and, you know, actually seeing a therapist face to face is all ground to a halt. Like mm-hmm. everything's over the phone now. And that's, you're not getting that engagement. I mean, I'm fairly introverted as it is. And I, it's having that choice to socialize with people mm-hmm. to have that taken away it's like everybody's in the same boat near enough when it comes to this pandemic situation but obviously everybody's feeling it 
differently. Differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's scary when you when you don't have that control when something unexpected gets thrown in your face. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm a bit of a poster child for that, but I know um, it's having that lack of control because I think everybody would like to have at least some control in their life, but mm-hmm. unfortunately, life doesn't swing that way. And people might call you a cynic, but I like to I like to think of it as being realistic, really. But I know there was it is this, cynical. I know, but there was this <laughs> YouTuber that I was watching. He he struggled with addiction, um, painkillers specifically, and mm-hmm. his his problem is now that he he relied on um, going to the AA meetings so much because it was that group that united groups coming together and everyone was talking about it. And he was, that was worked into his routine because they say, if you have, if you struggle with addiction, then building a solid routine that doesn't allow time to think about your addiction or time to, to act on your addiction really helps make a difference. Well, when they shut everything down, AA meetings weren't able to gather anymore. So that was a whole break in the routine and so people that are that were struggling with addiction before even with aa meetings and all of that they're really struggling now and you're seeing a lot of people that are that have turned to posting videos on youtube and having virtual aa meetings is it the same thing no not at all but anything to keep one foot going forward and seeing the next day basically yeah it's like it's like we said you know find something worth fighting for and honestly and i don't know if you guys will agree with me but sometimes it doesn't have to be like a huge thing like Mm -hmm. i sit here and think well i could do that and be gone or the new season of lucifer like season 5b of lucifer drops on may 28th and i've got to see what happens next (laughs) Or, um, yeah. hey, my, my favorite author is writing a new book, and it's supposed to be out next February, so I've got to, I've got to stick around and see that. <laughs> yeah, you always, always make something, uh, I think it's um, a future plan. Always make a future plan that you definitely do not want to miss. Like, my friend is getting married at on this day, or the anniversary of, like, somebody is on this day and you know just kind of keep pressing forward one foot in front of the other um I also think it's important to have like a good group of friends that that will make you laugh or are at least understanding about if you're having a bad day at least they're not going to force you to be happy they're just Mm -hmm. like you're not feeling yourself that's okay. We'll be here until you do, basically. You may not be feeling yourself, think, but it's okay. We're, we're here to feel you for you. Yes. I think one of the worst <laughs> things you can tell somebody if they're feeling down, because obviously you can't, you can't really tell because people mask, but it's, I don't know about you guys, but I hate being told to smile Ugh. by people mm. I don't know. It's like, I don't want to. You don't know what's going on in my head. I am not in the mood. And you've just put me even more of a mood because you're basically, you're interfering. You're getting into my space here and just uh, go away. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, too much. It's too much energy to smile at the moment, and I don't have any. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Smiling takes a lot of energy. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I would probably tell you a joke. Like I'd be like, "Smile," and you're like, "Why?" Because I farted. <laughs> <laughs> that would make me smile. But <laughs> we're juvenile. We're juvenile. <laughs> Definitely. But uh, let's see. Trying to think. So, do you have any other exciting projects or anything new coming up, Kay? Um, again, the Nolan North interview. I'm still trying to work on that. Um, mm-hmm. I had a bone to pick with Troy for um, <laughs> Baker. Basically, <laughs> I asked him about a thousand times to do the interview, and I think I must have pissed him off because, like, at first it was like a yes, but I just kept asking and asking and asking, and he was like, "You know what? Here's the email from my manager. Go that way." And I was like, "Okay." okay. <laughs> and I emailed her I emailed her and she was like well he's not currently doing any press and I was like well for fuck's sake that's a no then isn't it <laughs> <laughs> I think I think uh, I mean from what I've seen because he he really interacts very well with his fans uh, and especially it seems that you and him are like at least he he views you as like a really as like a close well not close but as a good friend but mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think he will eventually be able to get around to it. I think right now it's it's just like with everybody, they're so busy. Like uh, mm. Peter used to, Peter Bloomquist was on like Twitter a lot, and now he's like taking a break from it, which is fine, you know. I don't blame him. Twitter. I don't blame him. Twitter could be like the Wild West. So yeah, oh, yes. and we all know what happened when Michael was involved. So mm. yeah. <laughs> and for for a couple of times i mean roger had to take breaks from like cameo because he first he, you know he gets a lot he gets a lot of them um rob i guess gets a lot of them as well um but he doesn't seem to mind he, he knocks them out <laughs> but yeah he really does and well that and roger kept getting in trouble with his neighbors because for standing out in his yard yelling lenny <laughs> it's always it's always nice to um whenever you see something from them it's always nice to kind of just see something else unrelated to what you know them from like um with rob whenever he talks about i think once the last thing that i saw was him wanting to be the miller light guy <laughs> Or like it was one of the American beers. It's either Miller Lite or Budweiser. He's like, I would like to be the spokesperson for that. I'd like to be in a commercial for that. And people are less like, hey, hey, and just tagging like the beer, the beer company, like, hey, get on this. This man, he is the face of your beer. Look at him. Look at this man. <laughs> or with Roger when he did the karaoke last oh. year. So good. <laughs> yeah. Or um when he talks about whenever he did like the Shakespeare theater and or like um the recent pictures that he had posted for like theater day, which was him and like oh. the, the turkey. <laughs> God. I had to double take that. I'm thinking, what on earth? I'm thinking, oh well, that's that's enough internet for me today. So <laughs> Well, hey, I mean, it's not as bad as like uh, "Clean Me Up, Daddy" or oh, 
or the the video he had posted i think on his youtube where he was where it was like him shining uh tim little tim's like crutch you know but it looked like it was something else and he's like oh i'm sorry he's just caught me at a bad time i was just shining this crutch here and so yeah <laughs> it's, always, it's always fun to to listen to to see or to see something that they're in um i think mia has a film that just came out mm-hmm. and from what uh, i understand it is really good yeah it's on amazon isn't it no I think so. so. It might be, it's either on Amazon or it's on Netflix. Um, I think it's called No Fear. Mm. So yeah, she, I know she was working on that last year uh, because I remember her talking about it and then, you know, hearing Nashir in the many different games (laughs) that he's become a game now. Like he's turned into the where's Waldo of the video game world. Like where's Nashir? (laughs) Or like, um, yeah, well, I mean, besides him doing like a voice or two, uh, I think a couple of background voices and stuff like that for last of us. uh, He said that he was also the gun motions. Mm -hmm. He did. He did the weapons motions along with somebody else. So that's what he did. He was just weapon motioning, um, doing the weapon reload. He has a lot of the choreography for the weapons. Yeah, and then I saw a picture that he was just like, "Gotta get that workout in." And I was just like, "Are are, why are you wearing a motion capture? Are you motion capturing you getting a workout?" (laughs) I guess. I guess that would. That would inspire me, I guess, to actually, you know, get into like fitness or something. If it was like a game where it's just like, yeah, Nashir Dalal is your fitness trainer. Like, okay, <laughs> well, I guess. <laughs> so, Nashir, if you're listening, there's your new, uh, there's your new idea. In case we go into <laughs> lockdown 2.0, electric boogaloo. <laughs> oh, 3.0 oh, for us in the UK. So. <laughs> All it takes is BJ down. BJ is in Boris Johnson. Let me clarify that. (laughs) BJ down in Downing Street saying, "Oh, we're we're in another lockdown." The Queen. It's just like inside. You don't have to stay inside or go to work, but you don't have to go to work. (laughs) Yes, it's just like which one is it? It's like, do you want to stay inside or do you not want to stay inside? Do you want to? want to go to this park or do you want to just stare at me oh my god (laughs) boris johnson thinks you're all cats yes you can go inside no you don't want to go inside okay then you can go outside no you don't want to go outside okay then you can go back in no you you don't want to go okay (laughs) Uh, i'm honestly surprised my dad's ghost didn't turn up at my door when he was saying who voted that i didn't Either that I voted or... for another party you might not agree with, but I don't vote for that thing. Either that or he's getting all of his advice from Miss Cleo. Does anyone even remember Miss Cleo anymore? I do. I remember her. Okay, good. Um, no. I think it would have been it would have been different in the UK. In in um Puerto Rico is a man who is oh he was he was so amazing, so flamboyant and beautiful. Um, he he died like a few years ago, but he was like he would dress in like this this robe that was like 
kind of chrome-like with like a high collar and he would you know he slicked back his hair and had like blush and eyeshadow and he's Do just like a like, liberate, like a latino liberace or something a little bit yeah he yeah. would do tarot card readings on on air so they he would show up on like a, a show and he would do like a tarot card reading and he'd be like oh and then he would say like whatever it is that he read basically and then he would just he was like an he was there for like the maybe like 40 or 50 years um just doing that uh i'm trying to remember his name i'll have to think of it later i'll post a picture or something on it on twitter and just be like this man this man right here (laughs) (laughs) but yeah he was like a he was like a staple in like uh the spanish homes and stuff like that so that's one question i want to ask you Kay. now that you're part of the menagerie that is the cameo gang um what would your animal be my animal mm-hmm. oh god probably um a koala <laughs> <gasps> i saw a picture of a koala um the other day uh on instagram it was for an instagram account called the round boys and it had a picture of a koala that was like sitting and facing a tree and there's like no talk to him. He angy. And I was just <laughs> like, oh, we could do that. I can totally do that. I can get on that. Yes. Koala. K is a koala. I'm a koala. <laughs> koala K. I bought, um, I just bought an Uji the other day and I highly recommend them if you're like me and always get cold. Mm-hmm. And it's like this, it's almost like a, a snuggie. Mm-hmm. and it's got koalas all over it and i'm like oh <laughs> it's my favorite thing ever <laughs> oh. i'm just looking at your cat jackie <laughs> he asked for i know a the hug. listeners can't see but jackie's cat has graced the chat once again <gasps> baby he, he asked he asked politely for a hug so i gave him a hug and now he's just all <laughs> oh now he's made so his he would home. Never do that. <laughs> Pretty much, but yeah, now he's made his home here with hugs and cuddles, and he's just like sleepies, but also claws, and it's like, please don't. <laughs> I'm trying desperately to not um, expose his butthole to the camera because he likes to do that. So it's like, can we not? Can we not show everybody our butthole? Um, <laughs> well, that's usually how he announces his presence, is it not? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, my my cat just jumps onto the laptop and shuts it down. That's that's all she does. <laughs> and then I have to put her in the timeout shirt. I still have that picture. I'm gonna have to. Did I ever post that? I don't think you did. Oh, I'm gonna have to post the picture of cat in the <laughs> cat and cat in the timeout shirt. My cat is so weird. Like I was cleaning, I was doing like a little bit of spring cleaning. So I cleaned up my windowsill and it was covered in black mold. I'm not even joking, like from the whole thing. And like I was cleaning it and I left for not even two seconds of the bottles of bleach and whatever. And here's the cat just chilling, sitting on the windowsill. And she's never sat there before. And the whole like two years I've had her, she's never sat out there. <laughs> and now it's because it's so clean. She's just like, this is my apartment. <laughs> My friend says that her cat does something really weird. She says she, the cat licks the blinds for some reason. She says she doesn't know why she does it, but she does it anyway. 
and she thinks i think that cat is secretly a psychopath but (laughs) (laughs) but it always makes it always makes me laugh anytime i'm having a conversation with her hi steph if you're listening (laughs) anytime i'm having a conversation with her over playstation guarantee i will hear her boyfriend arguing with the cat in the background and it makes me laugh <laughs> if i if i leave a skillet or a pan on the stove my other cat likes to sleep in it oh no yeah um there's a there's a author that i follow on instagram she she has a devon rex and uh his name is i think uh loki and she she said that the, she had used a stove to boil like potatoes or something like that and she had turned it off and when she came back into the kitchen a little bit later her cat was like laying awkwardly on like the stove just trying to absorb the heat the residual heat from like one of the little stove tops and she's just like one day he's gonna get singed one day one day I'm going to come back in here and his tail is going to be on fire and he's going to look at me just like nothing had happened at all. <laughs> it's like, why are you screaming? I'm fine. You know, cats always have that. that. Yeah. I remember when Tilly was a kitten, she, she's got a litter tree and she was really good. With, well, she was really good at using her litter tree. She goes outside mm-hmm. now she's a pee, but when she was a kitten, she used to sit in the sink and pee. <laughs> And I'm like, wow, well, at least you know to use the sink and not like my bed or oh goodness. We had... yeah. It's so funny. She just like get in this weird position, like sitting in the sink, and I'm like, oh here we go. There's <laughs> <laughs> one day she shat in it, like <laughs> I walked in and like I could smell something and then I went back upstairs because like, I didn't even look in the sink, didn't think it would be there. <laughs> my stepdad was like um, your cat just left a present in the sink and I was like in the fucking sink <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not joking a massive fucking bird in the sink <laughs> well like looking um, going oh for Christ's sake cat that's bogging it's <laughs> uh, another word for you ladies bogging is another word <laughs> creative word for um pure bogging gross basically <laughs> but <laughs> um my one of my roommates in college she had a cat and they had ran out of kitty litter or something. And she was usually gone either in class or at work or with friends. So the cat was left by themselves and they had ran out of kitty litter. And instead of like, you know, sometimes cats will just use the same kitty litter box, even though it's like full. Um, the cat was just like, well, you know what? And they went into their bathroom and like used the restroom in the tub. Uh, for the whole entire time that they, she was gone. She was gone for like two days or something like that at that point. And I was just like, I, I had messaged her, I think, to tell her, hey, uh, you should probably grab some kitty litter because I think a cat's out. And she's like, oh, okay, yeah. And she never did. And the cat was just like, I'm using the restroom in here. And they did that for two days straight. And when she came back, she was like, what is this? And the cat was just like, I don't know. What do you think it is? <laughs> Cats oh, are so God. funny. They are. Because like, um, they either go through like this elegance to like malicious devilness <laughs> and then they're just like they do something really, really like stupid and you're just like, 
huh <laughs> i remember i remember when i like my um when my cats were still kittens they they would try desperately to jump from one chair to the next and mm. apparently they misjudged the length between a footstool and the couch and so all you see is this fat fuzzy thing just go yank and jump and then they just fall flat and slid under the couch and it was so funny just like <laughs> completely like arms legs outstretched just under the couch and all you hear is this very quiet meow. <laughs> from under the couch and i'm just like won't do that again will you um yeah uh my cat she just she's she's usually she's usually pretty quiet she'll she'll sleep beside me on like the armchair behind me or something like that and she'll just relax but some days uh especially I think sometimes um if we're talking on like zoom or sort of playstation chat you'll hear me go hey don't do that because she bit my toe <laughs> because I had stopped petting her. And then uh, after I stop petting her, she'll either bite my toe again to get my attention or she'll like act like she's fighting a dragon and attack my coffee table. And I'm just over here just like, I'm going to pick you up. And when I pick you up, I would like for you to stop. <laughs> and once I set her down, she like does that. You know, when a cat reboots, they just yeah. stand there and like they stare off at nothing and it's just like slowly rebooting their system and then she just <laughs> zooms off. <laughs> and I'm just yeah. like, oh goodness. Yeah. And she'll zoom off and then crash into my window because she's jumping, she's trying to get behind the blinds. So she'll zoom off and then make a circuit of the kitchen and run back and jump onto the windowsill and all I hear is boom of like my blinds like moving out of the way because she's trying to get behind them like forcibly and so I'm just like look I'll just I'll just raise these like half a half a foot so then you stop messing with my blinds please they're broken thank you (laughs) that's cat story you should get a cat Nicola (laughs) yeah I've been told that my friends have just got a cat, a little ragdoll. But uh, yeah, I, I I hope they're doing well with him. Uh, hi, Chris and Anthony, if you're listening. Um, I'm still surviving lockdown, if that's the wondering. And no, I haven't caught up with Drag Race yet. So I will get on that. You should. Uh, I've heard that this season's pretty good. It has been. Um, a friend of mine's been telling me to watch the UK version. I've not watched the uk version yet um but yeah i'm i'm not too far behind with the current season of drag race and i could go on about drag race and speaking of cameo when i came out i got myself a cameo from jinx monsoon Mm -hmm. i adore jinx monsoon i love jinx but she's just so beautiful as well like with the red with ginger wig i'm just i'm sold just sold and she's just so funny and so sweet Mm-hmm. And uh, I know Alyssa Edwards is on cameo as well, and that would just be epic. Know. That would be epic. But you know, this isn't helping my whole. I really want to go buy a cameo thing. 
I look, I get into like these really big manic phases and then I'm just like, hey, you know what? <laughs> Fuck it. Let's see what happens. I was like, let's let's get this bread. Let's do this. Or I'll wait until <laughs> like usually about 2 a.m. That's usually the time when I can catch Catherine and Nicola both completely asleep. And I'll go, hey, guys, I've had an idea. It's probably a bad one. If you don't want me to do it, say something now. And they don't. So then I do it anyway. And I'm like, well, I gave you the option. It was two in the morning. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Yeah, that's I usually wake up to that. I mean, if I am, if I am awake, I would usually say something along the lines of like, uh, I don't I don't know if that's a good idea, but you do you because it's it's your time. (laughs) I've had this really awesome idea of what we can do. We should try and get so and so. Any objections? No? Cool. I'm going to message them. <laughs> Speak now or forever hold your peace. And then Nicola and Catherine come on. What did you do? I woke up today and I chose chaos. <laughs> oh, what goodness. I will say, if you're thinking about having somebody on the show, never underestimate the power of simply asking. Because you never know. Yeah, That is true. Yeah. Um, that's, there are a few. Yeah. That's the thing that Roger said, like Roger. That's what Rob said to me when I interviewed him. Because uh, he was like, um, I could tell in your message that you thought I was going to say no. Why? Mm-hmm. I, I was happy. I was happy to do it. So there you go. There's a secret for you, ladies. <laughs> Yay. There we go. That's how Jackie. we got Mick. Yeah. Jackie, get on it. Message Rob. No, Nicholas should because she shares his brain cell. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Take the brain uh, like cell, said, like roll said, a note into it, send it to him, and then he'll go, ah, oh, I've had an idea. No, I let, I let him have it majority of the time because he's got a family to provide for. I don't really need it half the time. So, <laughs> Yeah, he deals with construction and all that stuff. He needs the brain cell for that because we don't want him to hurt his fingers or anything. <laughs> but yeah, so it is starting to wind down, I believe. Mm. So before we leave, yeah, I just I wanted to throw out... Oh no. no. So before we completely shut everything off, the announcement that I was going to make earlier is you may start seeing a fourth person more often in our little group. She's kind of been the unsung quiet hero throughout the entire thing, but now she's actually more interested in taking a um, up close and personal view of this so the person that provided a majority of the art that we use with the exception of Catherine obviously yes Catherine is going to be joining us around the cameo room um no it's uh Joanna is going to be joining us more often uh we should be interviewing her at some point in the upcoming days um you may start seeing some more streaming on our youtube channel some more gaming videos from us personally probably the two of us together so when that comes about, I highly recommend everyone giving her a round of applause so she doesn't run away in terror. <laughs> but unless and- we're running away from her and dead by daylight, so that is true. Although it's usually me that goes OP as hell and murders everybody. Yeah, I know it's that. <laughs> it's a problem. <laughs> Look, I'm just saying, you guys keep allowing me to play as Michael, and when you let me play Murder Daddy, I don't judge people. <laughs> If I'm going to play as Murder Daddy, I have to be OP Murder Daddy. I'm sorry. Your kinks are your kinks. I don't judge. (laughs) (laughs) And on that note... (laughs) Yeah. On that note, um, we should probably 
let Kay go to sleep so she can go to work tomorrow and fresh and rested. <laughs> so I don't kill anybody. <laughs> yeah, that'd be that'd be bad. <laughs> but thank you so much for joining us. We we thank you for having me. We have loved having this moment. So thank you so much, and we hope to have you again. Yeah, definitely. Yay. Once I finish, once I finish the little koala, I'll send it to Jackie, uh, who will probably send it to you. <laughs> Good. And thanks for sharing your story with us. Yes. Thank you. No, I, I love I love sharing my story, and mm. as I said, I think sharing your story helps other people. Yeah. So mm-hmm. don't underestimate the power of your own voice because it could really help somebody. Yeah, that's that is true. true. That is true. Yeah. And all it takes is just one person. Help one person. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Completely mm-hmm. agree. But on that note, I think this is a good place to end it. So thank you again so much, Kay. And we will see you all next Bye. week. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Around the Campfire. We'd also like to thank Brett Van Dossel for providing the music. You can find him and his music at brettvandossel.com. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Cameo Gang1899. We're also on Instagram at Around the Campfire1899. You can find us on YouTube at Around the Campfire Podcast. See you around, cowboys.